podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Stretford Paddock. My name is Joe and this is the Devils Podcast. I'm joined today by Jay, of course, and by Carl Anker, uh, Manchester United reporter for The Athletic. How are you doing, lads? Yeah, I'm good. You're doing good? Take two. We did do all this a minute. We ago, have done this once already. We forgot to press record. We, stopped, we forgot to record and that's part of the process and we've, we're happy about that. Uh, how are you doing, Carl? You are right. right? I'm good. I just moved to Manchester and it's, yeah. it's just feeling my way through everything. Good. Really fun. Yeah, good to have you. Uh, we're going to be looking a little bit about Man United transfers. We're going to be looking at the Messi story. We're going to be looking uh, at this Soccer Saturday sackings, moving ons, and then the reaction and the fallout as a result of that. Um, but let's get started with uh, the transfers. And we've, we've, we've talked about this a little bit already in the last few minutes. I'm not going to lie to you. This is the second time doing this. Um, but we were talking a little bit about... Um, Benoit Badiashil, and I'm not even going to preface with how I pronounce it anymore because that's just how you say it and I'm saying it. Okay. So Benoit Badiashil, uh, young centre-back for Monaco, I believe, yes. um, and I'm certainly <laughs> placed for Monaco. Um, United have reportedly had a €20 million or €25 million euro bid rejected yeah. for him, um, and we'll talk a little bit about the transfer, but as I was saying before, I want to talk a bit more about the, the, sort of the, the realm within which this transfer lives, that kind of a player you've not heard of so much, like you were saying the other day, Jay, the scouting team sort of earning their money and finding gems that you don't, you can't just find on FIFA. Like it seems like United buy a lot of players that, well, Mourinho wanted Maguire a year later. We got Maguire. Wambasaka was the standout young right back in the Premier League. We got Wambasaka. Dan James was one maybe that was a, a bit more of a scout, a, a scout but about. But like, I get where you're coming from. With Dan, but even Dan James, yeah. Leeds went in for four million. Four, four months later, we paid 12 up to 15 million. Yeah. So it wasn't like we were scouting him. He was going to Leeds on transfer deadline day. Yeah. And then we it fell through and we were like, oh, hang on a minute. He might, and then Giggs was like, so Solskjaer, he's a good player, you know, yeah. worth a punt. But I get where you were coming from. You were saying you made the point, which is a fair one, that once United are interested mm. in a player, their value goes up. And we're seeing that now with Benny Badishil, um, as he likes to be called. Benny. <laughs> We've got him with 25 million for a 19-year-old. 25 million euros yeah. for a 19-year-old. And Monaco have said, I think, unless United come in with an unrefusable offer like, like they did with, yeah, Martial offer, we're not interested. Mm. So we could end up paying, I don't know if we do go through it, 40, 50 million pounds for this 19-year-old, which like mm. Martial could end up being worth it. But there is the sort of United mm. tax. All I was sort of saying the other day was like, I want to see us sort of maybe looking a little bit more at these types of players. And especially yeah. in the Premier League as well, I think there's always players in the Premier League that you can sort of track from the lower parts mm. of the Premier League. And, you know, we've always done that United. You know, you look at the great United teams, we've had players that have come from sort of like, you know, show me Asia, but going back to Dennis Serving from Oldham, Paul Park from QPR, Chris Mullen from Fulham, mm. Valencia from Wigan. You yeah. know, we've always sort of looked at, but we seem to stop doing that now. Mm. And it's like, it's either a foreign player, which we're not, not been all Brexit, I don't mind that, but it's either like big yeah. name, big massive, 80 million pound Maguire or 50 million pound Wambasaka, or it's a, a, a someone from abroad. We don't seem to always look at the players that we used to under Fergie, and I think that's a bit of a... For me, we're missing out a little bit. What do you think, Carl? Do you think that part of that is because United have to pay, like we were saying there, 40, 50 million for players who maybe aren't very well known, or do you think it is just a case that the scouting department can't seem to find those sorts of players anymore? I think it's a bit of both. Mm. I mean, when you, when you look, apparently, the, the system at Manchester United is obviously they've got this uh, very bespoke... Uh, analytical system, sort of like a black box uh, full of scouting and video and whatnot. And then from that, you, you know, sort of, Solskjaer will go in and say, I need a player with a certain amount of attributes. And I go in that black box and go, based on these attributes, we've got these sort of people hit. Uh, and then that 50 person shortlist gets down to a bit like 10 or more. And then you go off and you make bids. Mm. Uh, but at any point in time, that 50 person shortlist, that's interesting. And depending on when you're feeding people out, you know, you, you consider agents are in, always in conversation with Manchester United and people are aware that a player might be on that sort of shortlist. So, you know, take Juan Bissaka, for example, there was absolutely a need for Manchester United to have a right back, right? And they wanted a right back who was young uh, and was defensively minded because that was a point of weakness. Mm. Uh, and you were like, you know, you if you do the football manager version, imagine Solskjaer walks into a room and clicks, I want uh, a player on the age of 24 who is this height, uh, this quick, and mostly defensively minded. Mm. There are maybe 50 players in Europe who match that criteria. And Mambasaka's probably at the top of that list, but there's also loads of players, 20th, 15th, and whatnot. And at any point in time, those lower players are probably in conversation with Manchester United. And he's going, sweet. Mm. Or not sweet, I was like, wow, Manchester United, this is really good. And that creates 
buzz and that creates hype. And I think the thing about Manchester United is they need to get a bit sneakier in the transfer market. When you look at clubs uh, who finished above Manchester United, and you, you, you know, a good example is what Liverpool did with Jamal Lewis. So they weren't Jamal Lewis. I went, here you go, Norwich. Here's an idea. Uh, Norwich went, no. And Liverpool went, okay, cool. Here's Bound P. Already got it. Done. Sorted. And they like, immediately went to the next person on that list. And I think what Manchester United are getting better at now, hopefully, is having plan Bs, having plan Cs. And you're, you're seeing this mm. not only in the banner signings, but you're also seeing this in like part two. So who scored the winning goal in the Champions League final? Who's being mentioned right now in Manchester mm. United? That is very yeah. clearly the next person. Mm. And it's that thing of, like, that's a really smart plan B to have Kingsley Coman in case Jaden Sancho goes to Manchester United. Kingsley Coman's a great football player uh, and will undoubtedly improve that, you know, Manchester United if he decides to come. But you're also in this weird state of... Now he's been linked to Manchester United. Yeah. How big are your pockets? Yeah. Yeah, it's always going to be a problem, isn't it? And it's yeah. and it like you said, the 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 whole thing of we've got this list and it seems as though we do seem to be heading in somewhat of a right direction under Solskjaer at least and certainly away from we'll talk a little about Messi as well, where this sort of big player comes available or becomes available and all of a sudden, everyone's going. We, should, we need to try and get Messi. How can we move? Like the, as, as as fans, this yeah. party thinks oh, I would love Messi at Man United, but really, as a football team and a club, they can't be going. Oh, Messi's available. Throw everything out. We have to get him now, like we did with Falcao, or you know, so even Sanchez a little bit. Yeah, Sanchez yeah. had a similar feel to it, where it's sort of like when we just buy in the best player who has popped up, mm. re- regardless of, like you said, the, the criteria that the manager or that the club has set out specifically to to target. Um, and hopefully, obviously, Messi going to Man City, which looks like the most likely destination other than Barcelona at the moment. Um, it, you do get a, that jealousy thing of, what well, these players are available, why didn't we go after them? Well, hopefully... And again, I'm not necessarily certain you can have this kind of confidence, but hopefully that's because we have our own targets that we aren't wavering on just because someone else becomes available. I think what you're seeing is Manchester United beginning to have a plan and beginning yeah. to have a solid plan. And it's quite hard to do that and have faith in that plan where loads of clubs are maybe two or three years into their one. Mm. So this one is well, year two, green shoots. You know, last season was very much this sort of blueprint of let's get young hungry preferably British players and, and then you're seeing what part two is and we're, we're still not quite sure about it because this is the weirdest transfer window of all time yeah. and anyone who thinks they know what's going to happen this transfer window has yeah. um, and that's going on but also you're seeing Liverpool maybe four four years into their transfer plan right Manchester City are several years into their mm-hmm. transfer plan or Pep you're seeing uh, Chelsea who are basically catching up and doing two years worth of planning at once uh, you're seeing Tom Hotspur go, oh yeah, we didn't make any transfers mm. for a whole year. Let's like do this all really, really quickly. And they're sort of catching up for their old plans. Whereas mm. Manchester United are just about getting a good jog on mm. when everyone's kind of sprinting. And it's that <clears> thing <throat> of, is it more, it's kind of annoying that we're not sprinting yet. I said we. Um, <laughs> it's kind of annoying that Manchester United aren't sprinting yet, but there, there is something in there just about, I think, Mm. It's, it's interesting as well because you know you talk about that we, you, you said we're kind of getting a plan United are kind of getting a plan and this the sort of last summer I don't know if, or last sort of spate of transfers under Ollie in the past you've had players that have come in and only that manager can use them or rate mm. them or they only fit that manager's ethos so Fellaini with Moyes I know other managers used him but he was very much a David Moyes signing then you Sorry, get a little bit of breaking news Pogba just tested for the Rona oh what for those who didn't hear that Paul Pogba's Tested positive for coronavirus, apparently, uh, according to Sky Sports. He's withdrawn from the France squad. I'm not sure on any details of where he's got that from or any other fallout other than that's the, the only news at the moment. So what 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 does that mean then in sort of in terms of what he has to do? Is he just sort of? Let me make sure if it means I'm still allowed to be in this room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we may lose Carl in a minute. We may have to go in there, yeah. do some uh, quick article writing. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, we'll, we can carry on. Uh, uh, yeah, look, I'll let you there just uh, get fire off a few emails there. You may have, have to uh, one file. Normal, one fi- normal week of Manchester United. Well considered my house, mate. This is it. It will you, never happen. You're, you're in it now, mate. Um, yeah, so it was going back to what we were saying there. Um, it felt like with the signings that Ollie made, whereas in mm. the past you felt like certain players were very much for that manager. Lukaku was very much for Jose. Fellaini very much for Moyes certain players were very much for Van Hal, a lot of them didn't work out, but 
doesn't matter. I mean, you want it to be under Ole, but any manager can use Maguire, can mm. use Wambasaka, Bruno. These are all players that you feel, you know, aren't very specific to a certain manager. They yeah. feel like just good players for those positions and for any style almost. You know, Bruno could play in any system. You feel Harry Maguire could as well, and mm. Aaron Wambasaka, you know, has been mentioned. He's just an outstanding right back that sort of fits in, in any mould. So it does feel like there's a bit more of a plan. Yes, a plan that backs Ollie, but also mm. more of a long-term plan that isn't just beholden to one manager. And hopefully that means, and not that I'm looking forward or predicting Solskjaer leaving at any time, but hopefully that means instead of, and that's what you're alluding to, but if another, man had, another manager did come in, they wouldn't have to start again, throw, you know, tear everything up, get rid of Lukaku and Fellaini and, or Schweinsteiger yeah. and Darmian and Schneidl and those sorts of players. It's a team that, you know, Jose Mourinho went to Tottenham and talked about how great the squad was and the team was and all that kind of thing. And he would say that because he's, he's just started and he's happy to be in the job again. But there was a feeling that that kind of club where there's been more of a sort of structure to the way they brought players in, admittedly on a budget, which is Tottenham's way. But you could go there and you could see a manager doing well straight away there. Whereas with United for such a long time, it's very much a Van Gaal team and very much a Mourinho team. And, and then now, like you said... Hopefully, there's a feeling that medium to long term, no matter who's in charge, this is a team that can that can do things. This is the great task of Solskjaer's entire thing, and I think this is why he got the three-year contract back in the day. Was basically, it's not even necessarily. Solskjaer would be it'd be really nice if Solskjaer could turn Manchester United into title challengers. But I think the fact he has that three-year contract when he got given it was very much a mm. there you go, fix stuff. And if you can't, the next person can be a title challenger. Mm. And I think his his thing is restoring everything. Right? He he has immediately come in and he was very much this team is not fit enough. Uh, and you saw the the difference in impact and how Manchester United became a more pressing side. And you're seeing the younger players come through more. And you're seeing more conversation about under 23 players. And you look at the players that travelled in the part of the Europa League adventure. He took some under-23 players with him. Like his entire, Solskjaer's entire thing is, it's not necessarily, I'm going to make Manchester United the best team in England anymore, but he's just like, I'm just going to remind everyone what Manchester United is about. Mm. And I think you're seeing that in transfers and whatnot, uh, in transfers and how they're playing on the pitch, and just like even the tiny stuff. Just like, yeah, have a decent medical team all again. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, why is it always that, like... People leave Man United and found out about mystery illnesses and like sprains Incredible. and gastric problems that yeah. they had. Like people keep leaving. They're like, do you know what? At Man United, I was just eating chips and mayo every day. It turns out I'm allergic to eggs. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, oh, why couldn't we find that out? So yeah, it'd be nice to be able to be instead of. And, and I don't think we are the, the epitome of the whole. Like each section has their problems, and we can all laugh at Man United. I don't think we're not anywhere near the top of that list, but we're higher up on that list than I would like to be. Where it's like. The whole, even just the the sort of meme of uh, Maguire, Leicester want eighty million, we want sixty, back and forth, yep. back and forth. Two months later, it's eighty. Even stuff like that. You, I would like for these things to be ironed out so that we can be a sort of an example of the way to do things rather than a sort of a a joke of how not to do things. And it does seem as though in certain areas we have lost some of that reputation. And even amongst like the media, and you see the way we've spoken about on. And again, it's only the small things, but on TV and on by pundits and even by ourselves, there's a feeling that certain things, at least, are going in the right direction now. Whereas for a long time, it was the, it's not it's not really fun to watch us play. We've got these players that aren't particularly likable. It seems as though Woodward and that area of the of the, of the club don't necessarily have the best expertise in their field. And a, a couple of those things seem to at least be the mindset of, of fans and of other people seem to think actually. Some of these things are going in the right direction for once, which is nice, isn't it? I think. Yeah. I think going in the right direction, but also you could be getting there quicker. Uh, yeah. I think. I think that's, that's a big. That's I think the that's thing. the the big when Manchester United fans sigh. I think it's <sighs> mm. why isn't this happening sooner? Mm. Which is a good point. Yeah. And, and sort of when you look at transfer <coughs> businesses, everyone's going, "Why have no deals been done yet? Mm. Oh, we're going to wait until the eleventh hour." Well, you're basically saying, "Do this quicker." Mm. Like a, a smarter club with more joined up thinking does this quicker, and probably they do. But this is, I think this is maybe for the first summer in a, in a while where you're like, okay, this is okay. Mm. Things are going in the right direction. Hey. Yeah. No, and then, but then we do have this thing of like, yeah, like I said, some things feel like they are going in the right direction. But then uh, as Carl sort of mentioned there, why aren't things happening quick? Especially transfers. I still have, still have worries, slight worries because I mean, it, it sort of works out all right, but January transfer window was a bit of a joke in the way it was done yeah because we dragged Darius with, with Bruno to the end of January which okay we got him and that was the main thing but you know even that f extra three weeks could have made a bit of a difference 
And then the Agalo thing, I thought, was just farcical. Mm. I mean, in the morning, it was all about Josh King. And then in, the, in at 11 o'clock at night, you've got Igalo banging on the director's door saying, I want to go to Manchester United or whatever it was. Basically, because I think, oh, he's got a connection with his agent. That's not planning. That's not a strategy. I, I disagree. I think, that is, I think that is planning. I think that's very to much... To go for one player in the morning, though, and then end up going for another. That's at a plan. The, at the 11th hour. That's, that's you having a plan A and a plan B. But he's, like, knocking on the director's door saying, I want to go with Manchester United or whatever. That that's, does, that's, that seems a bit like, really? And that's the thing, I right? I mean, because... It, all right. Well, so it's, it's that's the thing. If you're a smarter club, you get Josh King. But because Manchester United are getting better, now they're getting mm. someone... Again, or, or whereas, and we're not paying thirty million. For Josh whereas, like two or three seasons ago, no one turns up in January. I get but the like fact that you get someone, but again, you're leaving really it to the last minute, and also relying on factors you can't control. Like that's mm. football. Yeah, man. I mean, knocking. I mean, really, I have ten. You like right? We need to try and get Odin Agallo. Mm. I mean, how have we changed from when we did the same thing with Fabio Contral? The only difference was Real Madrid. Couldn't get a replacement. I mean, when you when you think, no, I mean, I think that's it's just the same. So, that's the same fast. So many transfers. I, there are there are far more transfers than you think that get decided on just like the tiniest things. Mm. All right, Jao Martino was meant to go to Tottenham Hotspur in 2012, and at the last minute he went, "Can you find a place? Oh to yeah, see, like, can you find a place yeah. to relocate my mum?" And then Spurs went, "No." We've been right? a bit similar, there are and we've so had success many that as well. Tiny, 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 tiny things that require transfers. That when you like when you consider a transfer, it's not just. Club talking to persons, club talking to person, talking to agent, talking to mum, talking to dad, talking to family members, talking to uh, PR and content teams, and so many things can just be swapped on like, on the last minute. You bear in mind what David De Gea is here because of a fax machine. Yeah, right. It, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't work. And I, and the thing is, and again, like things are getting in the right direction. I very much think if it was maybe under a previous manager, Manchester United would not have got a striker in that January. But the fact that Solskjaer somehow managed to figure, oh, wait, Carlo, yeah, we know his agent. And also, this guy absolutely loves Manchester United and might be willing to knock on the door at the 11th hour to get something through. That's good thinking. And uh, this is me, so, as someone who I, you know, I'm still yet to be fully like, okay, I understand exactly what Olegon Solskjaer is doing. But he's doing something. And that's the first time I've said that in a Manchester United manager in a while. I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm on board with Ollie. Hundred percent. You know, you won't get a bigger supporter of him. But I just think that yes, I get it. Eleven foul. We've seen all this with deals, and you know, we don't get Eric Cantona if Howard Wilkinson doesn't ring up and ask about Denny Sirwin. Do you know what I mean? We don't get Andy Cole if Kevin Keegan doesn't like Keith Gillespie. I get there's these eleven foul deals that come out of nowhere. Mm. But for me, when you're sort of spending all day going after Josh King, and then it just doesn't seem like a great strategy. Yes, it's one that okay, get, yeah. it works, but That's it the doesn't. It's it doesn't. A strategy, you know I mean? it's, but like, it's not as good as it, it could be. It just feels yeah. a bit like all morning we talk about Josh King, and I'm sure you were getting your phone ringing off the hook. Go Josh King, Josh King, and it's like Josh King's on the way, da, 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 and it's like. Oh, and then it's half ten, and we're not getting anyone. Oh no, quarter to eleven. Yeah, Odina Gallo's managed to, to get all of the directs, and we've managed to get it over the line. Yes, it got there. It just doesn't come across to me as like yeah. this is great for. It's thinking. not the ideal I way. I think of the most happens, important thing you're saying, the most important word in your sentence is great strategy. Uh, I don't think I don't. You know, is, I don't is Manchester United sorry, great. Probably not. Do Manchester United have a strategy? Yeah. Yeah. Right, and that's something. the thing. I get where you're coming you, from. Like we, we, we wanted a striker and we got one. Yeah, but that's that's. There's no dispute that. Where in the past, you know, going back to that horrible summer we had under David Moyes, it was like we wanted a left back, we didn't get one. Yeah, we yeah. wanted a, you know, we wanted a, a, a attacking midfielder, we got Fellaini. We wanted, you know, another striker, we didn't get anyone. Mm. I get that there's an improvement there, but I still think there's a yeah. little bit of a way to we're go. Going, we're going five years on, five yeah. six years on. There's an improvement, but also everyone else. Well, is you know, like, you made the point before, like. Know how long you know you talk about the scousers, they're four years, I think you said, into their strategy or into mm. their planning. We're sort of a few months into ours in terms of under Ollie. So I get that there's going to be teething problems, we're still getting there. And you know, in three years' time, we might be looking at going like the, the scousers are now. I don't want to keep going on about them, but they have had lots of success. This is the sort of fruits of mm. our labor. It's just at the moment, I still think there's some way to go as yeah. a fan. You're still sort of sat going. Even the Bruno thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, even that is like, I'm, I, you know, I'm convinced, and I might be wrong, you know more than I do, but if we hadn't got beat off Burnley, does that deal get done? Because that seems to be a real, like, kick up the arse for, like, mm. everyone is, the fans were raging. We were obviously miles away from where we need to be as a team. And then a week later or few, four days later, we get the Bruno deal done when we, we couldn't get it done before. It just felt a little bit, like, reactive rather than... Proactive. It does. Yes. Yeah. There seems to be a lot of that reactive rather than proactive. Like the the whole again another sort of 
almost meme at this point is United lose a game the next day United looking for a sporting director <laughs> like it's become a, a running joke of we have to be really sort of kicked one. into action it's very annoying I know it is very annoying it's very dispiriting um, but it's like yeah it, it does seem as though too many too many decisions are based on other other problems or other actions that have to take place in order for us to to have good things. What are you what are you? This is raspberry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not being a diva. You are right? being a diva. Pepsi Max cherry. How hard is that? He's got your Pepsi Max raspberry. <laughs> You're like what's he called? Um, oh, what's his name? Batman. Um, That's yeah. gonna look getting clipped. So far, I'm gonna look like a right diva now. But you are a do bit. you know what I mean? Pepsi Max cherry. Sorry, Joffrey. It's interrupted right. you with that. Christian Bale over here. <laughs> You're a good guy, but you're, oh, yeah, that, you're not sorry, professional. Yeah. The yeah. camera guy. Oh, good guy. for you. Um, just in terms of, I'd like to get you on that, Carl, in terms of director of football, because we've spoken about this loads on the channel, spoke to different people, you have different opinions of it. Do you think that makes a big difference at United? Get a director of football in? Listen to Sama Voice. Yes. <laughs> and I have talked about a director of football ever since Mourinho was relieved of his duty in Manchester United said they were going to get one. Mm. Uh, and I think when you look at every single quote-unquote well-run club in Europe, they have a director of football. They have a sort of long-term plan of this is what we're doing in year one, this is what we're doing in year three, this is what we're doing in year five. And I think when you look at, you know, you, when you, I don't like particularly doing this, but when you relate everything back to Ferguson, there was definitely a point in time where Ferguson, you know, he had Gil, but also Ferguson himself was his own director of football. And I think... United now don't have a sporting director, but Solskjaer is kind of being his own director of football in the way of, I would like this plan, this is what we're going to do, this is how I'm going to sort out the youth team, this is how I'm going to sort out this stuff, which is it's good and it's ambitious and it's a huge job for a, a football manager to do as well as coach. Uh, and he seems to be doing a okay job at it, but I would really, really, really like it if Manchester United got a sporting director because mm. also... The longer Manchester United go without having a sport director, it's like one of those things in my mind where every single time, like, oh yeah, another month has gone by where Manchester United said they were going to do something and didn't do it. Yeah. Uh, and for me, yeah, I, I use it as, it's like, I use it almost as a meme of just when does the director of football mm. arrive? Which I is basically when did Manchester United well, deliver? He, yeah, I forgot about that promise when he got sacked and yeah. they were like, we're going to be looking for a director of football. Manchester, Manchester United. Ago sacked Mourinho and said we're going to bring in a short-term interim manager we're yeah. going to be looking for a long-term manager and then we're going to be getting director of football they brought in Solskjaer as interim and they just made him permanent yeah and, and then that they, is that's all they did and that then they interviewed like proper Manchester Rio Ferdinand and other people who Darren again Fletcher, as the stories come yeah, out Patrice Evra or yeah. the stories that, uh, that come out around that uh, uh, as has been said you know numerous times is that that would be a sort of front-facing position where you're not really di dictating the the future of the club or the how the club's going to be run or the like you said the 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 structure and this is the plan going forward it would just be a here's the person on twitter that you can scream at when we don't sign sancho which is what it seemed that's what <laughs> yeah. it seems to boil down yeah. to yeah. which is why yeah. these sorts because no offense we all love ferdinand evra fletcher we love these players but they that they have no qualifications to be doing the sort of job that we think and, and they also, would be doing. Know, like they love That's, they love the club, yeah. and even they were like, and they're good media people, and they're good. Do you know what I mean? I'm sure they've got good, better footballing ideas than us because they've done it at the highest level. But they aren't the sort of people that you think the best possible option to do a, a structured job at United. That's not really I, what they're I there mean, to do, is it? What we've been talking about for ages, basically, what is the point of Manchester United in 2020? Right, so. Uh, let's really break it down Manchester United finished third last season they were behind Liverpool and they were behind Manchester City two of their greatest historical rivals and we were like sweet cool we've yeah. done that alright yeah. right. and, and those two clubs are going to get better right mm. and what is, so what is the point of Manchester right now, right now? Are you, is your plan going to be let's just maintain third and like push off Chelsea and Spurs and Arsenal who, who like we're in this massive fight with and wait for those two clubs to start dipping a bit or is it we're going to chase those two which I don't think people I don't think Manchester United would figure that out I don't think anyone's figured that out you know if if anyone listens to this as like a, a fan of American sport they you know in American sport they very much have this idea of championship windows mm. so you know in basketball everyone's like Golden State Warriors are really really good and they're going to be good for five years we're just going to wait 
mm. and like have a plan and then in five years time when they all get kind of old and broken mm. we can emerge and you, you sort of see you that. saw that yeah now, last couple of seasons and like if you're Manchester United if you have you know if you're really really smart and you have the mm. director of football and whatnot you can be like right Pep's not going to be here forever. Klopp might not be here forever. Wolves are going to be a thing. Spurs are in this weird state. Arsenal are going to be this thing. Well, how do we make sure mm. when those two clubs are like doing stuff, when they're not we're going to be, points we're gonna be primed to do that? And I think Solskjaer's thinking about that. And mm. I think when he's going, I need the 18, I need the 19, I need the better squad. That's him also going, you yeah. know, 2022 will we'll, we'll be better. And I think Solskjaer's been really good at saying Manchester United will be title challenges in 2022. So he's definitely got this idea of two or three years down the line, mm. they'll be really good. And also the other guys might not be as good anymore. Um, it's just the case of, do the people above him know that? And mm. do the people around him know how to get their ducks in a row for when 2022 happens? And I don't know. Mm. Yeah, me and you were talking we're about just, this. Yeah, earlier, uh, off camera, we were saying, you know, that it's not beyond the realms of possibility that 2022 United are challenging and properly challenging. I don't mean just in the conversation, but actually challenging. If you look at the squad we've got, and the, maybe the team we've got rather than the squad, like some Mason Greenwood, Anthony Martial, Marcus Rashford, are going to get better, I think, anyway, at least the, the sort of, at least, well, yeah, I think all three of them have got another level score, especially Mason, obviously, the, with his age. And other players that are good for United aren't past it. There's only mm-hmm. Nemanja Matic who's past his peak. In two or three years, you know, Bruno Fernandes is going to be, what, 29? Mm. So he's not going to be... Oh, Paul Pogba, if he stays, he's going to be the same age. So there's a, there's an argument to be made that, yeah, mm. in 2022, you know, we could be challenging. It's just, there's a lot of ifs and buts and maybes and around that. And it's as a fan, you don't really... You're going, you don't what? like sitting there going, maybe in two years' time, we'll be challenging again. What it's do you do to, to make take. sure that could changes into a should? Yeah. Well, that's I the think, thing. Are well, we, you know, are we doing I mean, the obvious things. answer? You know, well, not the obvious answer, but one of those could be Jaden Sancho. Yeah. yeah. Or do you know what I mean? Or that's just signing the player. right players for, for for the positions and having a good structure, like I said. But yeah, this thing of championship windows, like I said, is very much an American sport thing. And the the reference I'm to glad you explained is good. Because no, no, I'm glad you did. It's good, but well, I, I, I would have like, been sighted pretending I knew what you were on about. Well, there's been, <laughs> this season in, in basketball, there's been a lot of big moves yeah. of putting pairs of players together that could sort of take their teams. Uh, individually to a, to a championship in a way that, like I said, when Golden State were just dominating, no, if you you know you had Paul George and uh, Kawhi Leonard on the same team, it wouldn't matter. They still wouldn't beat the the Clippers, uh, the 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 Golden State. So you, you kind of see here's what you can piece together at the right time, and that's that's kind of a, a you don't hear that talked about with football. But like you said, sometimes. You know, like look at Man United in, in, with the Champions League against Barcelona in 2009 and 2011. Not that we should have not tried to win those, but it was always going to be so difficult to beat that Barcelona team that you kind of think the teams that kind of came afterwards, you saw uh, Bayern Munich and Chelsea and a few teams fill the gap afterwards when they weren't quite as hot. Uh, sometimes you have to plan a little bit ahead of like, I think, I think we, we right. might struggle to beat this City team. In a, in a way, like I think pretty much sure Klopp said it'll take six years when he first arrived or something. Like, within six years, yeah. I'll win a title. He didn't come in and say, I'm going to win the title this season yeah, or yeah. next season. He said, within six years, I will win the title. And the scouts have been sat there for 24 years at the time, not having won one. We're like, mm. all right, he's being honest. Six years isn't great, but I can sort of stomach that. And he's delivered. Mm. But he's been backed. And that's another thing, you know. Mm. He's been backed with a long-term plan and with the right signings. And the, the big question that you just said is, you know, what are the signings going to be? Is it yeah. to get us there? Because it's all well and good, all he's saying, you know, mm. 2022. But if we've just got you know, the same team and a few signings that haven't worked out, it's going to be very difficult yeah. and it's just, yeah. you know, we are spoiled as United fans and we do expect to be challenging titles, despite what we've had post-Fergie, you know, mm. we do still expect to be up there and other than finishing, what, 19 points behind City when we came second, it's, it's never yeah. happened. And like I said, with the, with the what is the point of Manchester United, what, what is the direction that we are saying, this is what we're going to do and I think that's one of the, one of the things we've seen this summer with a lot of the discontent and the, the sort of disappointment amongst United fans has come from that thing of, we are seeing another team in Chelsea do the thing that we want our team to do. I know we finished third and they finished fourth, but we finished on the same points yep. as Chelsea. And they've signed uh, Ziyech and Werner and Havertz. It looks like almost, you know, that's, that's Thiago done. Silva. Thiago Silva and Chilwell. done deal as well. Five players who yep. will play in their first team yep. and United have signed no one. That's the, it's all, you know, it's nice to see that there seems to be more of a plan, as we've said, and Solskjaer seems to have the right idea that gels with the idea United fans have of United but when it's not being backed up mm. it's, it's, it's quite disheartening isn't it and mm. you, you just want to, you just want them to sort of go here's Sancho here's because that looked like the, the other problem is Sancho was dangled so close we could, <laughs> we, could, we, could, we could almost touch him a couple of weeks ago it felt like 
oh, this is this is going to happen and happen soon. And now that seems to have gone away and just, it's not, this sort of current specific week, Messi is now looking like he may well go to Man City as well. It's just taking that's, a, that's, another that's knock a, to the confidence a little bit. I as remember you know, when, like, I think it was Gary Cook, wasn't it? He was the City CEO, chief executive, and he was like, we're going to get Messi, we're going to get Kaka, we're going to get all, and yeah, I remember laughing, going, <laughs> This yeah. guy, I know they nearly got a cack. Only nearly 15 happened. years later than he said Yeah, it, but, but, like, but I thought message. it's just that'll never happen. And mm. now, from what, you know, I mean, Sam Lee's been doing a few bits, Sonny for the Athletic, and he's been talking to Argentinian mm. people saying there's a feeling in Argentina that he's open to it. And City are one of the few, City the probably only club who yeah. can actually put together that sort of package. I mean, they're talking about, I mean, I think I'm reading this earlier today that, like, you know, they could offer him a deal at City and then a further deal at the, the, the New yeah. York team so he can go there for a couple of seasons on mega money and then have an ambassadorial role across the the, the, the project or the Imagine organization. Messi so, having an ambassadorial role at any club other than Barcelona. I mean, he I just mean, strolling yeah. around New York, whatever Imagine they're called, in, in, New yeah. York Man City. Showing people around Bezik. Yeah, <laughs> like, unbelievable. <laughs> Ridiculous. Is, yeah. This is Clayton. Yeah, this <laughs> is where he can live. But it is mad. But, you know, they, yeah. they have the, the sort of, it seems the noises are that they could make this deal happen and he's up for it and I'm you know I'm, yeah. I'm very disheartened by that yeah. because it's going to be very difficult to take to and not, 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 Messi not necessarily City. because sure. I think we should be trying to sp I don't want us to spend a no. million pound a week on Lionel Messi no. but the fact that this is the ambition of the clubs around us that we are trying to catch and beat and our ambition is We've been rejected by Monaco for a centre-back we've never heard of. Well, guess we'll have to move on then. Or we'll get our pants pulled down and we'll pay yeah, 50 million for someone. It is. It it's, it's, we seem to be in two different places when it looked a few months ago with Bruno coming in and that sort of turn in form that we were at least alongside the likes of Chelsea and, and even City in terms of ambition. And now we're not backing that up. Mm. It's just, it is just disheartening, isn't it? Um, let's look, talk a little bit about Soccer Saturday. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Let's talk a bit about that because yesterday it was announced that uh, who was it? Matt Letizia, Charlie Nichols, Nicholas, and Phil, Phil Thompson. Thompson were relieved of their duties on the panel. And you know, it's not in in the world of media and football and sport. There is a, a tendency for presenters to sort of you stick around until you have a scandal. It's kind of <laughs> often the way things go. And I'm not suggesting they've had those scandals, but I'm saying it, it did come as a somewhat of a surprise that. Or, you know, three major parts of this very successful programme were let go or sacked or I don't think we know the full details of it. But then the reaction to it has been anything from ludicrous to just... Racist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anything yeah. from ludicrous yeah. and, to know, racist. I mean, yeah, I mean, little do you know that me and Carl are actually taking over from that. Like, <laughs> yeah. Been, I mean, I saw it, it's just like, I saw Phil Thompson put a tweet out and all the reactions were like, oh, it'll probably be, you know... So, uh, some diversity or it'll be a woman or it'll be mm. a do you know what I mean I'm like what Michael Richards did a tweet and he was getting even the replies to that Ian Wright obviously did a, a video as well because people go oh, it's woke I don't, I don't think it is woke I, don't, I think there's nothing woke about it it's just you know these are three presenters I thought that programme to be honest if I've not watched it for a few years I think it got a little bit stale I don't have a problem with ex-pros some people say no you know you can't just have ex-pros you need to have you know uh, like stats people or whatever but mm. I think I, I do like listening to ex-professionals because they have got insight mm -hmm. they know what it's like to be in those changing rooms and listen to those managers and they can, can tell you things that you know even the most sort of studious football fan won't know so I like that but I do feel with those three in particular there's a reason they got moved on you know Phil mm. Thompson's what 66 never played in the Premier League very pro scouts very biased they couldn't even let him commentate on them games anymore <laughs> Matt Letizier I mean he's had a shocking lockdown we won't go into that that's a different story yeah. but again Charlie Nicholas, he's, he's a meme for his, how bad he is at comebacks and stuff like that. It's just, you know, and I think there's better talented people out there, regardless of the race or the, the gender. There's just, there's better talent there is there. And mm. as you said, it, you often have chosen that they get a little bit of a revamp. Mm. And, you know, I think, this, I think this needed one. Soccer Saturday, you speak to a lot of people about Soccer Saturday and they all say the same thing, you know. It's tired. Mm. It's a tired show. It, you know, yes, I like it and the format's great, but it does need a little bit of a revamp. And there's, there's younger players who or younger ex-pros coming through who have retired. You know, Michael Rich is a great example. I don't want to make it all about him, but there's players of that age who have only just retired, who are entertaining, who are inside. Who may have even been managed by some yeah. of the managers that yeah. are still managing, you know, yeah. let alone Michael older Richards than them. You can talk about playing against those players and yeah. being managed. You know, you can talk about playing against Frank Lampard and being managed by, certain, by Pep or whatever. Um, whereas older people can't. So I think it's just become an argument that's not about yeah. what no, it is. No, no, it's not, it's, it's not. 
people you know people have been relieved of their job duties and we don't know who's going to replace them and mm. you consider we're having we spent people were spending an afternoon getting very angry about something that hasn't happened <laughs> hasn't even happened <laughs> hasn't happened yet is, you know people are saying oh it's the war in Roke and they're probably going to get Mika Richards in Mika Richards hasn't been announced yet like no one's no one's been also, announced yet also Mika Richards no. already works for Skylight yeah. what? And it, yeah. no, he's, no, he's an employee of the same no, company no, already no move has been announced yet there's been nothing like this is the person coming in it's people inventing mm. something to fit in with a perception of the world that mm. is to my view untrue uh, and then getting angry about that. And it is deeply frustrating for me as a black journalist. Uh, and I, I sit here as, you know, there are not particularly too many black journalists working full-time in football in the United Kingdom right now. Uh, and it's this idea of just the moment anyone is moderately successful, it is a point where it's like oh you're just you're just there because of work points or you're just there mm. for diversity points like, no you, you worked hard you work, you work bloody hard for your job mm. uh, and sometimes you have to work twice as hard to to get something and to prove your point and to be actually i spend nearly every single day in my job having to have conversations with people and go no i'm, I'm, I'm good at my job but like, mm. even though like, i'm i'm intelligent yeah uh, and as you get that point where you're doing you're doing a job and you get you get into a conversation with a football fan and then you'll be talking back and forth and you have that little moment where you're like oh you think I'm unintelligent right because of my skin yeah. color there's yeah. like a part of you deep down that believes I cannot be as smart as you because of this mm. uh, and to watch that all yesterday afternoon just people talking very very loudly mm. about something that hasn't happened yet and talking about how the only reason the only way possible for someone like Alex Scott, for someone like Mika Richards, for someone like Ian Wright, to get to the top is because someone, we need to tick boxes. Mm. It hasn't happened yet, but that's the only way they can, that's the only way black people are able to progress is because someone wants to do work points. So, no, what, what, are you, what are you really trying to say and what are you really angry at? Uh, and uh, yeah, if you're mad at that, I, I basically think you should go flush yourself down the toilet. <laughs> I, I agree, yeah. you know, it's, it's just, I mean, putting out statements to defend yourself for a job you've not even been offered is just bonkers. Yeah. Why, why should people feel position? like they have to do it? And, yeah. you know, people getting angry and, and I'm not before, just watch that show and make a judgment. Like People are mad that they've lost up. football top gear is what it is. Yeah, That's what Sucker Sandy like, is. It's football top gear, that feeling yeah. of like just middle-aged white blokes having <laughs> a laugh with each other. It's like the whole Real Britannia last night, the proms <laughs> argument over there. Like, no, that's not an argument. Yeah, you're like, what? Absolute, I don't care about it. It's I'm not an argument. About it. No, one, no, one, Who are you? no one who's tweeting Black Lives Matter gives a damn <laughs> about what they play at, uh, at proms. We do care about, you know, state-sanctioned violence against black people yeah. and lack of accountability there, right? I, I'm, I'm not... I don't need you to put a flashy Black Lives Matter thing in the corner of Sky. Mm. I need more black executives in, in like executive positions at Sky so things don't break down. I need greater care at corporations so they don't use an image of Stormzy when they're supposed to be using Lukaku, you know? I need, I need people in football to not just refer to every single black player in terms of pace and power, right? Like these are much bigger issues we should be doing. And, you know, I'm sort of getting besides the point. If, you know, those people are no longer at Soccer Saturday, that show is gonna change. Mm. And people don't like change. Wait and see. If it gets better, it gets better. If mm. it doesn't, if it's not for you, you can switch off. You can vote with your wallet and that's fine. But if you're, <laughs> if you are sat there and you are truly of the opinion that I am not going to watch this television show, because they've got someone younger and of a different skin color. And I think that is taking football to a place that is too far, too political. Then I would ask you to ask some very serious questions mm. about the way you approach the world. Because that's, like, you're just making yourself unhappy. And no one's, and no, yeah, one's right. no one's ever willing to admit that it is, I'm racist, so I think this. It's, oh, it's, I, I think this. Some people are. There, there are a lot there of people. Are, there, yeah, I'll but there are a lot of people, there are a lot <laughs> of people who, who would say, imagine. oh, no, I, I'm not right. I just think, why do they have to always, like... Throw it, why do you have to shove it in our faces? Yeah. Is one, I guess. And it's this thing of, like like you said, nothing has been announced. Not, you're creating fictional scenarios that, for some reason, you are mad at, which I don't know why you're mad at it anyway, but it's just... Nothing's yeah. been announced. And even if it does no. get announced... Who can, it's okay. Yeah, exactly, yeah. It's, it's okay. Yeah, you know, I mean, it is good that we are seeing more diversity. It's not a bad thing anyway, if that is the case. You know, I mean, we were talking to Darren Lewis um, on one of our podcasts the other week 
and um, he name checked you actually. Yeah, we were talking about because I used, I mean, when I, I used to be a reporter for years and got to a press conference and literally I'd be, me and the black player that put be the only non-white person in the room in you know in the press conference and he was talking about how he's experienced that and how it's changing. It's changing for the better because and it's changing based on talent, not about mm -hmm. diversity. You know, you're in your position as you mentioned. You mentioned he mentioned you because you're talented and you work hard and you've got there. You know, you've worked hard to get there. It's not about ticking a box. It's about having the people that are good enough for that position. And we live in a diverse society and that often reflects that. Mm. And it's good, you know what I mean? It's, it's a positive move if that's the way it goes. If, you know, if they replace them with four talented white men, is everyone mm. gonna go be up and uproar about that? It's just, uh, mm. it's people like you said, getting angry for the sake of getting angry. And mm. I was amazed because when I saw it, I was sort of celebrating because I don't really like those people as pundits, <laughs> not because of the, the race. I just can't stand Phil Thompson. And you know, that's obviously different reasons. <laughs> not some anti-scouts, which is, a, you know what I mean? Um, but, um, and Charlie Nicholas and, and Matt Letizia, I don't think they bring enough to the mm. table. But yeah, I didn't even think about that. No. I didn't until I tweeted something and I was getting the reply saying, yeah. oh, it's going to be woke and diverse. And I thought, really? Is that the first thing you think of? This idea of, this idea of woke being an insult. It's amazing. <laughs> like, oh, you just want the world to be fairer and more equal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, and dare therefore, you? how dare you? Oh, you're a social justice warrior. <laughs> Yes, yes, I, I would like. I would like to live in a better world yeah. where, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, it'd be alright, wouldn't it? If if you oh look at you, you just it. want like more black people in in like jobs and opportunities. Exactly. What is the crazy, problem? Crazy thing. I would like to live in a world where my twelve year old nephew can be like, I want to have this job, mm. and I'd be like, Yeah, you can, mm. and like genuinely be like, You can have this job instead of what happened to me when I was you know twenty two. My dad went. There, and my dad you know, told me, he was like, there's a ceiling on my career because I have an African accent. And the, mm. there's basically like a point in my dad's career where he was like, I either need to get voice lessons mm. other, or I will not get more promoted because people aren't going to trust a guy with a deep African accent making presentations. And I, I'm, you know, if you want to get really into it, I'm wearing glasses like this. And I'm speaking in this voice. And like, this isn't my real voice. This is my like broadcast voice and whatever. And like, yeah, I, I've got to a very nice part of my career. Also because like, Hmm. I had to make changes to accommodate whiteness, right? This is an incredibly hard industry to work in, an incredibly hard time to be alive. Like we're doing this podcast just days after someone in America shot a bunch of black protesters and seemed to be like securely taken in by police. And we've just watching the, you know, I'm talking to you right now as the NBA hmm. and MLS is basically, have boycotted game, boycotted, just gone on strike. Yeah, like, no, yeah. There's no point of us doing this right now, right? The world is changing at a very alarming rate, and I would very much like people to stop, think about what's going on, and decide like, where do you want to be? Mm. Like, this is this is Drew Marjorie, who used to work at Deadspin, uh, God rest Deadspin, uh, described this as basically the second civil rights movement, right? So if you ever went did your history lessons and uh, looked at stuff like Martin Luther King and Malcolm X and went, oh my God, I don't understand how people could do that. What are you doing now? Mm. This is this is your this is your great moral quandary now. Like we're doing this all over again. What side of history do you want to be on? Mm. Do you want to be someone who's like, oh no, actually, yeah, we, we need to be further society. Oh, we should actually have a deeper look at CVs when we're doing this. We should do more blind CV testing. We should think about um, when we describe players using terms of pace and power. We should think about the terrible, terrible way we treat Raheem Sterling for years. Mm. Or do you want to be the guy to be like, uh, woke? Mm. think about it yeah 100% could agree more with all that yeah and it's you know hopefully we're getting in the moving in the right direction but you're always going to get people pushing back There's a, yeah and I think the, the hopefully it's always like I said things are moving quickly but things will never move quickly enough to where everyone just decides yeah this is the right thing to do there's always going to be pushback and there's going to be people dragging their heels and there's going to be people predicting things that and, and being annoyed at their own predictions of things based on opinions that are stupid anyway but yeah hopefully like it's, I said things are changing in the right direction it's really interesting about a lot of the things you talk about that you know you're talking about the description of black black players and you know pace power strength and I remember Paul Rancastle who comes on his show a few years ago he was tweeting about this and he tweeted a few and I think it was Gary Lineker who replied to him and he's like Gary Lineker who most people consider you know sort of on the right side of the arguments was like what you're talking about sort of thing there's not an issue here you make an mm. issue out of nothing and he was saying like you know I just think people need to have a, a have a think about the language they use with certain players because Paul Pogba goes past the midfield and it's like, oh, pace and power. 
De Bruyne does the same thing. Skill. Powers. Silky movement. Look at him. Yeah. Magician. Do you know what I mean? And it was like that. And it's, you know, now we're seeing more and more people having that conversation, mm. which is a good thing, but it's not obviously great that we're still having to have it. Mm. Yeah. Um, should we talk a little bit about Harry Maguire? Of course, there's a very interesting, I say interesting, almost movie-like quality to this sort of Greek... It's like Greek tragedy. Greek tragedy. <laughs> it's, it, there's, a, there's a second trial coming for Harry Maguire. Mm -hmm. There's a sort of... A, someone maybe has been injected with drugs, like a very sort of taken-to type situation going on with all of this. Uh, we, we saw yesterday uh, or the day before with a statement from Manchester United talking about how we're going to take things as, as they come, look at this second trial as it goes and know the people calling for him to be uh, stripped of his captaincy and some people even saying we need to get him out of the club. What are your thoughts on the, on the situation with Harry Maguire? What are your, in, like, the, the speed at which the, the trial was conducted and, and put together and then <laughs> finalised? I have comments. Yeah. <laughs> I will not present them at this time. Oh, Fair enough. If I, I speak, yeah, I think I think I think credit to everyone reporting this right now. This is a very it's absurd. Mm. Uh, everything that's going on, and credit to the reporters doing their due diligence and, and reporting facts that are again just like what mm. <laughs> what are people being said. Um, I think Manchester United uh, and England with Gareth Southgate are in a very difficult position mm. as to do that and how they and how both clubs navigate it is um, yeah good luck to them. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah. that, you know, Southgate announcing the England squad before the verdict came out was a, a particularly brave decision, and mm. I sort of think you know, so like in the hours afterwards, the fact that Solskjaer, you know, sorry Solskjaer, so Southgate announced the squad at two, and it was going. Okay, you've put Maguire in there. Then it gets announced at four. Maguire's been found guilty, and then you know, if you're Southgate, you're going, "Well, that's unfortunate, isn't it?" Mm. Um, and it's that sort of. This is a, a very unnecessary, pro unnecessary problem that has to happen before the season arises, and I think it's going to be one of those things that's going to run and run and run. And also the thing of Southgate coming out and saying, "I've spoke to him." He sounded, he sounded innocent enough to me. That was a strange thing where he sort of said, he's told me what's happened and it's not what's being portrayed in the media. Yeah, Two hours later, I, I, was, I was surprised that a little bit that he'd come out with, with that sort of statement because I thought, he, like you say, backing, he's almost backing himself, fell into a corner a little bit. Mm. Um, I mean, he's sort of damned if you do, he's damned if you don't a little bit. Like if he doesn't name Maguire, who's obviously a regular people before the squad, uh, before the announcement, people obviously know why that is. If he does, he's got a backtrack. I mean... It is a bit of a strain. I've seen it years ago. I think we had a similar thing with Alan Smith. Um, he's played for United, but I think this is when he was at Leeds where he was put in a squad and he got convicted of something and he got took out of it. I know this is slightly different um, in the way it's happened, but I mean, like you say, I just see this rumbling on and it's a distraction we all don't really need. Mm. As a United fan, it's like, you know, what I'll be talking about is signing Jaden Sancho or what I'll be talking about is buying some players and, and not, you know, my, my captain's on a suspended sentence from a Greek court because his sister may have been injected by an Albanian gangster with a drug. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? What is going yeah, on? Yeah, like you, you write it down and you read, you read it and <laughs> yeah. you go, what? It's, it's, it's like <laughs> fiction. It's fiction. Um, I mean, I'm not saying it is fiction, but it, it feels like you're reading the back of a best-selling like, action novel. I, I might, when a footballer's uh, sister is injected with a drug, Imagine he must take matters into his own hands. Goal. No, this is ridiculous. Yeah. You're not going to make that as a footballer. Film. My, my, my opinion, it's like, well done to everyone who... You know, on a Friday, last Friday, mm. this gets you know all announced, and they just immediately had to run out and f follow what's going on. Well, yeah, and to get those facts down and get that stuff done quickly and verify and talk to three or four people. Like, yeah, from your perspective, <laughs> then, as, as a journalist who obviously has been, you know, watching this story and covering this story, how difficult has it been with lockdown and with you know you're meant to be covering this story that's happening in another country and there's there's so much information coming out about it. How hard is it to track a story that's as bizarre and as fast moving as that has been? Oh, it's incredibly difficult. So you mm. are you're on your phone, you're on your laptop, you're using WhatsApp on your laptop, and you're also you know trying to. Blue ticks are very important at a time like this. Like, read receipts, like, good, you've read it. I was like, the person's read it, and you're trying to do phone calls and whatnot. And, and yeah, just. Uh, sorry, I've been, I've, I moved to Manchester last Monday, right? <laughs> I moved to Manchester last Monday to cover straight Manchester in, United. Straight in the deep end. And, and, and in the two weeks that have happened, Harry, uh, Harry Maguire has been arrested, and Paul Pogba's got coronavirus. 
and I'm just great. <laughs> and we're taking your time away yeah. from, from covering yeah. that one. So um, before we go, let's do a quick Wally of the Week. Who's been your Wally of the Week, Jay? Um, just anyone who's losing their marbles mm. over some Sky presenters being replaced. Come on, yeah. life's too short, man. I think I'll have to agree with you on that one. And also, you've still got Paul Merson. If you want, love, if, you want right. if you want, if you want a bewildered mid fifties bloke to not know what's going on, I'm Paul Merson is still the there. People tweet me going, "Oh, Paul Merson," but I like Paul Merson because if you ever watch Paul Merson in Paul Merson's head, Manchester United are the biggest club in the world. <laughs> if you ever watch him how he talks, he says things like, "I can't believe you went to Man City. Why didn't you go to Man United?" Mm. Why didn't you, <laughs> yeah, I'm all about that. I'm yeah. all for that with Paul Merson, so I don't mind him. Yeah, I'll yeah. agree with that one for Wall of the Week. Have you got Wall of the Week? It's me for moving to Manchester United. <laughs> So, is that the first time anyone's had a self-declared Wally of the Week? Yeah, we've never heard anyone. The closest we've had that, I think it's like Anne Crawler chose his brother, which was pretty funny, but no one's actually said mm. me for mm. moving to Manchester as well. It's not that bad, mate, honestly. No, it's great. You'll we've love lived it. there a long time. You just picked the word, like, I've lived in Manchester 40 years. I've never had a situation where my captain's been arrested in the Greece yeah. for his sister being ejected or, me, you know, my star player's caught coronavirus. So I think you've, uh, yeah. you've just been a bit unfortunate there. Yeah, but right. you know, hopefully it'll get a lot less dramatic. Hopefully it will. Um, thank you very much for joining us at home. Thank you very much for joining us, Carl. People can find you at, at uh, Anchorman six one six on yep. Twitter. Where else can people find you? You can find my reading on the Athletic. Uh, I believe we still got a code going on. So if you're a new subscriber at theathletic.com slash anchor forty percent off, or you can do theathletic.com slash Man United Pod for three for a free 30-day trial. Perfect. Very well remembered, mate. Thank you very much for joining us, Carl. Thank you very much for joining us, of course, Jay. Thank you very much for joining us at home. Uh, Let us know what you think to these topics in the comments below. What you think to the United's signing of maybe Badashiel. (laughs) Maybe we can't sign him because we ain't got any money anymore. Our mate Benny, as we're calling him. Um, uh, Messi going to Man City of course and the Soccer Saturday stuff as well and also the breaking news that Paul Pogba may have coronavirus or has coronavirus all very interesting stuff let us know what you think to that in the comments below make sure you like share and subscribe to Stratford Paddock we'll see you in a bit Podcast Network.